everyone, and thank you for joining me again today for the Finding Hope After Loss podcast. Today, I wanted to take the time to go over the various types of losses and what exactly those losses are. There's so many that have never been through loss that probably don't even realize that there are different types of loss out there. They may have heard of like miscarriage, maybe stillbirth, but that's probably the extent of their knowledge. And there's even so many who still refer to a stillbirth as a miscarriage. So I had asked people to submit their comments on what they would like people to know about the loss type that they've been through. And I'm going to read those comments today. I think it's important to not only go through the different loss types, but also to share the experiences of people who have been through them and the things that they think you should know about them. Though so many of us have been through a loss, we don't all have the same experience. We don't have the same physical experience or emotional experience. We don't all receive the same type of treatment or medical care. We don't even all receive good information. Sometimes we don't get any information at all. And we definitely don't receive the same type of support or follow-up care. So I feel that sharing our experiences is really important because it lets us and other people know that we are not alone in our experience. It also helps push to make change for better care for the lost families. We don't have to accept not getting answers to our questions, and we don't have to accept not getting the information that we need. We deserve to not just be written off by doctors as just another loss. So if this message speaks to you, I would love for you to share this episode with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing all the experiences from these amazing lost moms. I wanted to start out by just sharing some thoughts that were submitted about loss in general. Um, And I do apologize if I mispronounce any names. So these three first ones came from people on Instagram. They want you to know that just because we knew our baby would die doesn't make our loss or the pain hurt any less. There's so many layers to child loss, layers that no other loss has. It's so out of order that my child died before I did, not to mention that my child died before I even met her. That no matter what stage the loss occurred, you still grieve. Just because I've had a second trimester loss before doesn't mean I can't be devastated by my more recent first trimester loss. Then Miriam from Pennsylvania said, No baby replaces the loss of another baby. They all have a special place in our lives that live forever. Amber from Virginia says, I want people to know that the most important part is listening and supporting others that go through this. Don't try to fix it with empty words. Let them grieve and listen. Raylan from Iowa said, All loss is painful, no matter how small or big the child was. It's still the loss of all the what-ifs and the should-bes. I think the most important takeaway from these general comments is that it doesn't matter how far along you are, that your loss matters, that you're allowed to grieve the loss of your baby, and that you know all of these babies matter to us, they're all important to us, and that the most important thing that people can do is just listen to us and just let us know that you are there for us. You don't have to make some kind of profound comment or statement or some grand gesture, just being there to listen, acknowledging our loss, acknowledging that we did go through loss and that we lost our baby, 
These are the things that really mean the most to us. So the first type of loss that I want to talk about is a chemical pregnancy. So a chemical pregnancy is basically a very early miscarriage that usually happens within the first five weeks of pregnancy. Um, a baby or an embryo does form and it may even implant in the lining, but then it stops developing. Some women may not even know they're pregnant, just think that their period came a day or two late if they didn't take a test or weren't tracking their cycle or anything. And this loss would happen before you ever receive an ultrasound or have your first doctor appointment. Many women feel that this type of loss gets brushed over simply because it's such an early loss. You know, th this is the kind of loss where people think, oh, well, you weren't far enough along. You never saw the heartbeat. You know, it wasn't a real baby yet. You know, things like that. But I've been through a chemical pregnancy. And basically what happened is I was tracking my cycles at the time. So I, I did take a test. It was positive. But then the test started fading. And then I, um, it was maybe one or two days after I got the positive test, I had a lighter test and then I started bleeding. So if I had not been tracking my cycle, if I had not taken that test, I would probably never have known that I was pregnant. So here are some things that lost moms who have been through a chemical pregnancy want you to know. Felicity from the UK says, chemicals are devastating because it's over so quickly and it can mess your body up so much more than you thought it could. Laura from Georgia says, they make you lose faith in your body. Carly from Maryland says, both types of loss were just as hard. A loss isn't easy just because you're early in your pregnancy. And she had a both a chemical pregnancy and a missed miscarriage, which we will talk about um, later on. And then Claire from Minnesota said, repeated loss compounds the grief of the first one. In my experience, a chemical pregnancy hurt less than my missed miscarriage, but it has made my grief much more complex. So let's just all try to remember that even though a chemical pregnancy is a very early loss, that it is still a loss and it's still a baby, it's still your baby, you're allowed to grieve this kind of loss even though you weren't as far along as other types of miscarriage or other types of pregnancy loss. So the next type of loss is called a blighted ovum. So a blighted ovum occurs when the fertilized egg implants in the uterus, but it doesn't actually develop into an embryo. This is also sometimes called an anembryonic or a no embryo pregnancy. So the pregnancy sac forms and grows, but the embryo does not develop or it stops developing. This is another early type of loss and it's usually picked up on an ultrasound if you haven't had any uh, bleeding or symptoms of that, then sometimes you'll find out about it at your first ultrasound. So Carolyn from Ontario said, I didn't know until it was too late that the baby I lost could have been tested to check for genetic abnormalities and we could have found out if the baby would have been male or female. This information wasn't shared with me when I was first told I was having a miscarriage. I also wasn't informed at the time I was experiencing a blighted ovum miscarriage. That wasn't shared with me until I had already disposed of my baby at home because I wasn't given any guidance on what to expect or what I should do. 
Now, this type of pregnancy is one that I think, uh, this type of pregnancy loss is one that I think so many people are not familiar with or haven't really heard about. And, you know, I felt really sad for Carolyn, who, you know, was basically sent home, given no information on what she was going through or what she was experiencing, and basically just treated as if that wasn't, you know, wasn't her baby that she was losing. And I think that spreading, you know, awareness on these types of losses that, you know, aren't in the spotlight, so to speak, is really important because these people need to be able to share their experiences as well. And this is, again, like I said, one that just isn't really talked about. So the next type of loss I want to talk about is an ectopic pregnancy. So this occurs when the fertilized egg grows outside of the uterus. This usually happens in, I think, more than like 90% of the time. It'll happen where it develops in the fallopian tube. So as the pregnancy and the baby grows, it can cause the tube to burst or rupture. And this can cause, you know, serious health um, concerns for the mom. It can cause internal bleeding. It can cause a lot of pain. It can cause a lot of other issues. And it can be life-threatening if it's not treated right away. Sometimes, you know, they'll have to have surgery. Sometimes the tube will have to be removed. And contrary to what some people believe, an ectopic pregnancy cannot be relocated. And unfortunately, this pregnancy has to be terminated to protect the mother's life because the fallopian tube is, you know, only so big. The baby will continue to grow. The baby will run out of room. And then that's when the ruptures happen and um, the mom's life can really be at risk. So here's what some lost moms want you to know about having an ectopic pregnancy. So a comment from Instagram that losing a piece of your body along with your baby in an ectopic pregnancy is actually devastating and it's completely in addition to the loss of your baby. I needed that bit to fully function and now I don't. I am forevermore an incomplete human and the lack of care and support from any health professional, not even a leaflet, is just mind boggling. They didn't care about anything other than that they saved my life. Aren't they such heroes? Kara from Idaho says, It was very scary to find out and to go straight to emergency surgery because I could have died if it ruptured in my tube. Both my tube and our baby, our very wanted baby, had to be removed. This is labeled as an abortion on my medical files forever. And then Meg from Colorado says, Ectopic pregnancy loss is scary. Since it's life-threatening and methotrexate is hard to get a hold of in some areas, it's very terrifying. It was hard for me to get a hold of the methotrexate, but luckily I was able to get it. It was the only dose within 50 miles, and I had to pay for it since it was at a pharmacy my insurance didn't cover. My ectopic pregnancy was very painful, but not all are. If you have an ectopic pregnancy, you have to get an ultrasound as early as possible, since it increases your risk for another. Make sure you don't let a doctor blow you off needing an immediate ultrasound. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, um, methotrexate is an injectable drug. It's actually a, like a low dose radiation that they give you, um, you know, sometimes if you have an ectopic pregnancy, I actually had to have a shot of this, um, 
with my miscarriage because they were monitoring my um, hormone levels, my HCG levels to come down. They were coming down and then they started to uh, randomly rise again. So they said that it could be an ectopic pregnancy or it could be uh, retained tissue in the uterus. And so to be safe, they went ahead and gave me the uh, methotrexate shot. And this, like I said, is it's a low-dose radiation that essentially kills off all the remaining cells or um, gets rid of all of that retained tissue. So sometimes this is a treatment used in ectopic pregnancy uh, before it gets to that point where surgery might be needed. So the next type of loss is a molar pregnancy. So this occurs when the egg and the sperm join incorrectly at fertilization. And then instead of uh, the placenta or the baby forming, a non-cancerous tumor forms. And so then this tumor can't support an embryo. So the pregnancy then ends. This is another type of pregnancy that, or pregnancy loss that isn't really talked about. I hadn't actually heard of this kind until a couple of years ago, um, just because, like I said, it's not one that, you know, people really talk about as like one of the main forms of loss. So Stacy from Georgia says, when having a molar pregnancy, it doesn't end after the DNC. I went through eight weeks of weekly blood draws, followed by two months of monthly blood draws to make sure my body healed. There's a chance of needing chemotherapy if your body doesn't get rid of the HCG on its own. I wasn't able to try again for another baby until four months after my DNC. I will always have a fear of having another one. Although it's unlikely, there's still a chance. We didn't see a baby on our ultrasound, but the chromosomal analysis showed fetal remains of a baby girl. So although we never saw her, she was still very much real, and we still hurt to this day missing her and what could have been. From the moment you find out that you're pregnant, you start having plans and dreams for that baby in pregnancy. It's terribly difficult when these plans get ripped out from below you. Any loss is traumatic and heartbreaking. Again, as I said, this is a type of loss that may not be as common or as commonly talked about as some of the other types of loss, but it is still a loss. And I think recognizing that there are different kinds of loss, even different types of early loss, different types of late loss, is really important because the experience with each of these can be so different. So the next type of loss is a mis-miscarriage. So a mis-miscarriage is sometimes also known as a silent miscarriage. This is one where the baby has died or not developed, but it hasn't physically been miscarried. So the body may not yet have recognized the loss. So in many cases, there aren't even any symptoms that anything's wrong. So there may be no cramping, no bleeding, none of the typical signs that you usually hear or associate with a miscarriage. Most mis miscarriages are discovered uh, at a routine ultrasound. And I had many people actually ask for this to be a separate category. It's because a mis miscarriage presents so differently from the typical miscarriage experience that you hear about. So here are some comments about missed miscarriages. So from Instagram, a missed miscarriage is not your fault. 
I think that's always an important reminder that loss is never our fault. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't do anything to cause it. So Kelsey from Pennsylvania says, with this kind of loss, you may not have any signs prior to learning of your loss. Your pregnancy symptoms can continue as expected and you may have no bleeding. There are multiple options for you to resolve the mis miscarriage and some may be more appropriate than others depending on what exactly is going on with your body. Ask questions and explore all options, including the risks and benefits with your doctor. Rachel from Oregon says that it is okay to just sit with someone. I had no idea what it was. I'm sure many others don't, that there are so many different types of loss. And then Felicity from the UK, Miss miscarriages are horrendous because your body is lying to you, housing your dead baby and not telling you. So it brings feelings of shame for not knowing, guilt for not being able to grow your baby, and embarrassment for thinking you had an eight-week baby when it was only five weeks. Then by the third Miss miscarriage, you stop trusting anything past five weeks anyways and stop letting yourself connect to your pregnancy. I think that's what makes a miss miscarriage so hard is that, you know, typically you would go in for your first ultrasound, which it varies based on the doctor, but usually somewhere around seven or eight weeks. And then you find out that, you know, your baby stopped developing two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and you aren't as far along as you thought you were. And then, you know, these cases, sometimes they are a mis-miscarriage. Sometimes your dates may be off. But I think that's the hard part with a mis-miscarriage is that you go in for your first appointment, which is usually somewhere around seven or eight weeks, give or take. And then you find out that your baby actually stopped developing, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago and that you've lost the baby. And the hardest part is that you never had any signs that anything was wrong. You know, like I said, there's no bleeding, there's no cramping. You can still have your pregnancy symptoms, so it feels like your pregnancy is progressing as it should, and then it turns out that, you know, your baby is gone, and that's just completely devastating, and it really is just a different experience from the typical miscarriage that you hear about. So a miscarriage is actually the next type of loss. So this is medically considered a loss of the baby up until the 20th week of pregnancy. When you think of miscarriage, most people think of, you know, losses that happen in the early weeks of pregnancy, you know, like five weeks, six weeks, 10 weeks maybe. But a lot of people I think don't think of the miscarriages as those later second trimester losses and the closer to 20 week losses. And this is the type of loss that most people know about, most people have heard about this one, although I really think that if you haven't been through it, through it, you truly don't understand what it's like to go through a miscarriage. And most often we're just told, oh, it's just a heavy period. You can just try again in a month or two. It's not a big deal. It happens to people all the time. You just have bad luck. You know, all those kinds of comments that sometimes even come from the mouth of our doctors. 
The other frustrating thing is that most doctors won't do any type of testing to find out why you had a loss until you've had at least three. So you're often left without answers. Like I said, just being told, oh, it was bad luck. Try again and you should be fine. But not everyone has the same experience with a miscarriage. Some are earlier in gestation. That can cause, you know, different experiences. People can have contractions, cramping, bleeding, other pain. You know, miscarriage is just not something people should talk about so lightly as if it's just a little blip on the roadmap. So here are some things that lost moms want you to know about miscarriage. So these first few are from Instagram. So after an eight week miscarriage, still have contractions and dilation, even though it was a tiny baby, I was happy for that baby. Another one from Instagram. I want people to realize that miscarriages are not just like a heavy period. Physically, sometimes they are, but other times they are full labors where we deliver, usually alone and terrified, tiny, perfectly formed babies. They are traumatic. I have struggled every day since my first loss with showering because I lost my 12-week baby and had to birth him for two hours in the shower. I'm triggered constantly by even walking past the bathroom. It's not something you can ever get over or really even get through. So another comment from Instagram. I struggle with whether to include my four angel babies when answering questions. I had losses at eight weeks pregnant, 12 weeks, a chemical at four weeks, and then another one at 11 weeks. When people ask how many kids I have, like when we do personalized gifts of grandkids, names, etc., I feel guilty if I say I have two kids, one sunshine baby who's almost three and one quadruple rainbow baby because I'm leaving them out. I feel constant discomfort from others if I'm honest and say, I have two children here on earth and four that ran ahead. Each of my six is deeply, deeply loved. I got an ornament at the mall and they wrote our names on each of the four gingerbread and it felt a little like a slight to my angels that they weren't on it. Constant struggles of feeling like I'm leaving them out. Nikki from Minnesota says, miscarriages happen more than most people realize. It's not your fault and they probably won't find a cause. Talk about it so people become more aware of it. Philippa from South Africa says, a loss is a loss no matter how far you were in your pregnancy. My first miscarriage was at eight weeks and my second miscarriage was at 16 weeks. I had to deliver my baby boy and I was all alone thanks to COVID. It was possibly the worst heartbreaking experience I have ever been through. Get the help you need. Talk to a professional. Take medication to help. Do what you need to do to get through it. Take it day by day. Pregnancy loss is a topic no one talks about. And you feel so alone, but it is so common and people should talk about it as then you'll have support and help. Thankfully, I now know I have APS, a blood clotting disorder, and there is medication to take during pregnancy, but the fear of losing another pregnancy is still very high and will always be there. Chloe from Ohio, from Ohio says, miscarriage can be more similar to a full-term birth than a heavy period. It may not always be that intense for each person, but for me it was. 
was more physically exhausting and demanding than I thought it would be. I miscarried at seven weeks and three days and 11 weeks and four days. Both took at least a week before I started to physically feel improved. I also felt myself dilate and had intense cramping that was similar to my early labor with my living son. I just wish it wasn't as downplayed as it is and that the baby's lives are validated more. With my second miscarriage, we found out the gender and I delivered him in the intact gestational sac that was still attached to the placenta. You could barely, very clearly see him, his little hands and feet, his eyes, nose, and smiling mouth. So while some downplay first trimester loss, for me, I birthed my son, saw him, and there was nothing insubstantial about that. Meg from Colorado says, I have had three miscarriages, one at six weeks that completed on its own. Mine was painful. I had one at 15 weeks. I had to deliver the baby since the hospital didn't have D&E equipment. It was very traumatic as it didn't go to plan. I had another miscarriage of twins at 13 weeks. I refused to go through a delivery and my OB did an emergency transfer to another hospital that had the D&E equipment. My losses at 15 and 13 weeks could have been prevented. I had a medical issue that was causing the losses. I expressed concern over symptoms I was having outside of pregnancy and I was brushed off as being anxious, even though I had no record of anxiety. I finally found a doctor to run the test I wanted. They confirmed my issue and that it was the reason for my losses. It's a very easily managed issue. I have an iodine dysfunction. All I have to do is take an excess of iodine, 500% more than normal, and I'm fine. I was able to manage the issue and carry my youngest to term, and she's perfectly healthy. Advocate for your health. Do not back down. Do not stop. If a doctor won't take you seriously, find a different one. Don't stop firing doctors and filing official complaints until you get the test done and the answers to your questions. Doctors tend to not take women seriously, especially if they're going through a difficult time. You aren't crazy. If you're struggling with infertility issues or with infant child loss, please consider grief counseling. It's very helpful. Hang in there. Laura from Ohio says, please avoid using the terminology so-and-so miscarried or so-and-so lost the baby. The mother already feels so much guilt even though they did nothing wrong. This phrasing implies that the loss was the mother's fault. And then Amber from Illinois says, first and foremost that each type of loss is different. I've had three early miscarriages and a stillbirth halfway through my pregnancy with my daughter. From a medical standpoint, her death was a miscarriage, but I went into labor and I birthed her. That's entirely different than the three early losses that I've had. So as you can see, based on even just all of the comments from these lost moms, that miscarriage experiences are just completely different for each person. Each person had a different physical experience, a different emotional experience, but they all went through loss and they all went through grief. So we need to stop saying that miscarriages are not a big deal or that they're just like a heavy period or things like that. Because as you can see, you know, so many of these people went through so much more than that. So the next type of loss is a second trimester loss. And I was actually asked to put this as a separate category by some of the moms who have been through this experience. 
a second trimester loss happens during the second trimester, which is typically classified as being between the 14th and the 28th week of pregnancy. So we have a couple of comments, both from Instagram. I would add second trimester loss as a different category. My loss is not late enough to be called a stillbirth, but it was late enough to be showing. It was past the point we started sharing our news with people. We gave birth, hold our baby, etc. And then another Instagram comment that no matter how much time passes, these fields of sadness, loss, felt of what could have been still pop up. That those little lives mattered and will be imprinted until the day I die. That although the pain lessens, the sense of loss doesn't. I still feel the gap even though I was only in the second trimester. The second trimester losses, I think sometimes, you know, they feel that they were further along than the early miscarriages and the early types of loss, but not far enough along to be classified in the third trimester losses. So it's kind of its own experience and its own type of loss experiencing a second trimester loss. The next type of loss is known as a vanishing twin. This happens when you are pregnant with a set of twins or multiples, and one of them either dies or disappears in utero and then gets reabsorbed either partially or entirely. So then there's just one baby left. It's a, a spontaneous reduction of a multi-fetus pregnancy down to just having one baby. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. You know, they still continue to carry the baby that they have while knowing that they should actually be having two babies. So it's a unique kind of grief, grieving for, you know, the life they thought they would have with two, missing the one that disappeared or died, and still having the one living one to... Uh, continue the pregnancy with and birth. So Kelsey from Pennsylvania says, however you feel about it is normal for you. You can feel joy for your remaining twin while mourning the loss of the other. You may have a hard time connecting to your remaining twin. However you feel, allow yourself to feel it. Don't compare your grief to anyone else's. Every day for each person is different. Sometimes our feelings change from one hour to the next. And that's really true that, you know, with loss comes so many different emotions and you could be angry, you can be sad, you can be happy, you can feel joy and you can feel everything all at the same time. And it's okay to feel them all and it's okay to feel them all even, you know, from one minute to the next changing how you're feeling. So the next type of loss is a stillbirth. This is another type of loss that I would say most people are familiar with. And it is medically a loss after 20 weeks of pregnancy. Many seem to think stillbirth doesn't happen anymore or it isn't really a common occurrence. But there are so many of us that, you know, have gone through this. When we had our loss, I didn't realize just how many people you know, had gone through a stillbirth until 
I really started getting connected to the lost community and just seeing that it really is still an issue. It really does still affect so many of us. So this is um, the type of loss I had with Jasmine. She was still born at 32 weeks. And what I think people really fail to understand is that these are fully formed babies that we have to, you know, physically give birth to. They don't just disappear out of us. We go through the postpartum. Our babies are big enough for us to hold, for us to feel their weight, for us to see all their features. And it honestly was the loudest silence I have ever heard to have to give birth to her and not being able to ever hear her cry. I could really just say so much more about the whole stillbirth experience, but I'm going to read to you what all of these lost moms had to say about it. So a comment from Instagram, she said, you still have postpartum hair loss, your milk still comes in, and you still have the physical recovery and pain from giving birth at 22 weeks. Another comment, we had to still give birth and go through labor. The baby didn't just disappear. Then from someone who had a 40-week stillbirth, she made me a mother and will forever be missed, loved, and remembered. Another comment from someone who had a stillbirth at 38 and a half weeks, full term doesn't always mean you leave with a baby. At 20 weeks, you still experience full labor and delivery, but no baby gets to come home. Another comment uh, that even though he was 32 weeks gestation, he still matters, is still part of the family. Our family will never be complete now without him, and it never gets easier. We just learn to live with the pain. Another Instagram comment says uh, that late-term loss means you still gave birth to a full-term baby and you still had to recover, but without your baby. Another last one says, I gave birth to a fully formed human being that should be here. I still gave birth. He's still our son. He will forever be loved and missed. No future potential children will ever take its place in our hearts or our family. There is no better place for our babies and children than to be right here with us. And then another Instagram comment. Every single milestone other kids go through is a reminder of the things that my stillborn daughter will never go through. Tiara from Idaho says, Our son dying was and still is the hardest thing my husband and I have ever been through. It's something we didn't know was possible. We didn't have any education throughout my entire pregnancy with our son. No education, tracking movements, any reassurance at my last appointment where I voiced concerns, or even having my chart read correctly. Summit, our firstborn, was born on Halloween of 2020 at 8.31 a.m. That day and the weeks and months to follow were so very tough. It's still tough on days. Khadijah from Texas says, While my early losses hurt, surviving stillbirth was the most difficult. Erica from South Carolina said that very healthy women with great prenatal care can have a full-term loss without any explanation. Everyone wants an answer as to why it happened to them, but most of the time, there is no answer. Nicole from Illinois said, I had an early miscarriage over 10 years ago, and I went on to have three very healthy pregnancies. However, my recent loss was at 38 weeks, a week before our induction date. 
I was told that because I had three healthy babies, I didn't need my last ultrasound. Our son Riker passed due to a connective tissue piece growing around his cord that cut off all the supply. The cord had been overcompensating, causing bulging that most likely would have been seen on an ultrasound in some way. I had pushed for that last ultrasound and always turned down. I'm a huge advocate now that nothing is routine for someone with previously healthy babies. Anything can happen and they need to treat each pregnancy accordingly. Carrie from Wisconsin said, each loss is so different and I feel they affect you differently. Miscarriage is like a very, very heavy period, which it still had me upset. But when I had a stillborn and I delivered my daughter, it was heartbreaking. Seeing that lifeless little body destroyed me. Something I will never forget. Megan from Nova Scotia, Canada says, Stillbirth still happens. People seem to think that it's a medical problem of the past and doesn't happen anymore. I had a completely healthy, uneventful pregnancy. And then at 34 weeks and 5 days, with no signs of distress, his heart stopped. Ashley from Arizona says, She had a placental abruption, that there were no signs of a loss until the bleeding started. Jesse from West Virginia says, I will never get over this loss, and that's normal. Danielle from the Netherlands says that I had a real child, that we are still attached to her, even though she came into the world still. And Samantha from Virginia says, I will never truly stop grieving. I will never be who I was before. Some days it feels nice to just be alone and cry. I don't always want to be cheered up. I need to cry. I need to let it out. Crying feels good as it's when I feel closest to my daughter. Even if I have another baby, that won't erase my sadness. I won't be all better. I sometimes imagine what life might be like if I had a living child, and I honestly picture myself crying all the time while caring for that baby. So it's possibly the hardest thing that will happen to anyone. No one will truly ever understand unless they have been through this. People really need to learn to have patience and be gentle with us. I have met the most beautiful souls after my daughter was stillborn. People have also been through traumatic similar losses. The people who I thought would be patient with me haven't. I can't be around children all the time because people who have living children are living an actual dream. I just wish this didn't have to happen. So many families will forever be incomplete and I am part of one of those families. My daughter, Skyla Virginia Hilliard matters. So again, going through stillbirth is obviously a very traumatic experience for everybody, and not everybody who goes through it has the exact same experience. It's just something incredibly heartbreaking that is really hard to describe to people who haven't been through it. So the next type of loss is a termination for medical reasons. So this is when the pregnancy has to be terminated due to a life-threatening condition for the baby or the mom. In most cases, the baby has a severe condition and wouldn't survive outside the womb. But it's important to remember that this is not a decision that these families make lightly, and each of these babies is very loved and very wanted. These families often feel that they can't even talk about this type of loss, or that they have to lie about the type of loss for fear of being judged for making this decision. And then there's all the 
recent legal rulings and things happening that make it even harder for some of these families to even be able to get the procedure and get the care that they need at all. So here are some important things that uh, lost moms want you to know about having to terminate. I wish more people knew that pregnancy termination due to a medical reason is still a loss. Because when I tell people, they look at me and say stuff like, oh, so you chose to have an abortion? That hurts. Another mom says that she had a termination for medical reasons at 21 weeks of her unviable child. And it felt like, do you want your stillbirth now or later? Another Instagram comment says, I had a termination for medical reasons. I wish for people to know that making a decision about a wanted baby is soul shattering. Another mom says, it's hard to talk about and be honest because a lot of people don't consider it a loss. Our baby was so loved and so wanted, but we chose to terminate due to fatal conditions for him and health risks for myself if we continued. I find a lot of people just don't understand. And I find myself being dishonest about the circumstances to avoid judgment. Rosa from the Netherlands said, first of all, how deeply I love my daughter, how happy I felt holding her for the first time, how beautiful she was, how she smelled, how her skin felt under my fingertips, but then how dark my days were after letting her go, how my body never stopped screaming no, how I'm still screaming silently after two years. My child died. I want people to acknowledge that. Martha from Virginia said, my heartbreak is complex because I had to decide. Also, my heartbreak is national newsworthy and political for some reason, and I need support for that. And then Nina said, I had a loss because of my amniotic fluid leaking at 22 weeks, and there was no fluid left for my baby to develop, and I was in life-threatening danger of severe infection. I feel like this is definitely the type of loss that most, or that is not talked about as much as the other losses, because these moms and these families are so afraid of being judged for a decision that they did not want to have to make in the first place. I mean, can you imagine having to make that decision yourself? You know, I feel like so many people who are judging these families for choosing this, for, you know, like I said, making this decision that they never wanted to have to make, would think a lot differently if they were the ones that were put in this situation. And I think sharing the stories is really important in helping people understand what exactly families who had to go through this, you know, have to go through and the pain that they have to live with afterwards, especially knowing that they can't even talk about their experience. So the next type of loss is an embryo loss. This is a basically when you go through IVF and you have a failed transfer the embryo may fail to fully develop or implant. And this comes, you know, in combination with a whole other layer of grief because these families have had to go through infertility and IVF treatment, which is a whole other process and a whole other, you know, set of grief. Fertility treatment can be both physically, emotionally, and a lot of times financially challenging 
they go, you know, it's expensive. Insurance doesn't cover it all. They invest all of this energy, all of this emotional energy, and all of their financial resources for, you know, a chance of getting pregnant. And then, you know, these transfers sometimes fail. And many know the sex of the embryo that they're implanting, and it's a very real baby to them, that they don't feel they fit in with all the other loss categories. So here are some things that some loss moms want you to know about embryo loss. Um, an Instagram comment, you never get a positive pregnancy test, but you were technically still pregnant. I feel imposter syndrome when people ask me about my miscarriages. Because I've never had a positive pregnancy test, I feel like I don't actually belong with other miscarriage moms. Laura from Ohio said, We were so in love with our embryos and had already chosen names. They were the seeds that should have become our children. It was a more abstract loss than the miscarriage, but still devastating. Please keep in mind what the parents have gone through and sacrificed for the chance to try and have a child. Also, please don't say you can always try again or it will work next time. Sometimes there isn't the option for a next time. And then Katrina from Ontario, Canada. For me, it was like my loss was invisible. Unless I told people about it, they didn't know. I worked the entire time through my loss. I feel like it all ended before it even begun and I lost one more chance at being a mom one day, but the world kept going like nothing had happened. Embryo loss brings with it its whole other set of grief and, you know, people who have been through it, so many of them think that they can't talk about it again because they don't fit in with the other loss categories. But it's definitely its own unique type of loss and Let's try to, you know, remember that these people went through a loss too and the dismissive comments or saying that they can just try again are not helpful. So there's two loss types left that we're going to talk about. The next one is a neonatal loss. So this occurs when a baby dies within the first 28 days of life. This is often when babies are born premature they may be born with a health condition, or they might have something else that goes wrong after they're born. These are not pregnancy losses because the baby is born alive and lives for a short time before they pass away. They may also have spent time in the NICU for various reasons. So Rachel from Rhode Island says, I have two other kids at home and having kids waiting for me did not make leaving the hospital without my daughter easier. I wasn't grieving the loss of a baby, I was grieving the loss of my daughter. And then Nadine from Ontario, Canada says, I lost my baby girl due to incompetent cervix. My cervix opened and my water broke and I was induced and delivered her. I've heard many people who have gone through this type of loss say that they don't feel that they fit in with other categories as well. They don't fit in with the pregnancy loss people because their baby was born and lived, but sometimes they also don't feel like they fit in with the infant loss category, which is usually for older babies. It's really its own unique type of loss. And like I mentioned, a lot of these babies also spend time in the NICU. So some of these babies may have never come home. They may have spent their whole life in the hospital being treated. Some did come home, but these parents 
have definitely been through a lot going through this type of loss. So the last type of loss is infant loss. This is the loss of a baby up to a year old. This can be due to a medical condition or it may just be ruled as SIDS. Many times the baby did come home, but sometimes they may have spent time in the hospital or NICU as well. And the situations for these types of losses can really vary so much. So here are a couple of things that some lost moms who have been through infant loss want you to know. And this comment comes from Instagram. My daughter was injured during delivery, a preventable brain injury that occurred as a result of poor OB care. She lived 16 months, but many people, including her doctors, looked at her like a baby waiting to die because of another doctor's mistake. You'll have a healthy baby one day by a doctor. Don't treat any illness. That would be inhumane, another doctor. But you didn't really get to know her, right? A co-worker on hearing she was injured in delivery and died as a result. This is my child. If they could truly imagine, which you can't because I so often hear I lived the unimaginable, they would not say these things about their own children. They are tiny people, for goodness sake. Real people, not just a concept. And then Miracle from Texas says, I think it's important to understand and know that loss is loss, regardless of when it happens. It affects us all similarly and differently. I lost my two-month-old son first in 2017, and then I had a very early miscarriage in 2021. The feelings for the miscarriage loss were exacerbated by the feelings and PTSD from the loss of my infant son over five years ago. I felt more isolated and lonely because I felt like nobody would really care about an early miscarriage after knowing that I had lost my two-month-old and ended up hurting quite a lot more than I expected. Every loss matters. So as you can see from all the different loss types that we've talked about, the experiences, the emotions, the physical responses, everything is just completely different for everyone. Two people can go through the same kind of loss and have completely different experiences. If there was a type of loss I missed, I apologize. I tried to be as thorough as I could and include as many as possible. But if there is a different loss type that you feel should be included or that you'd like to see talked about, then please don't hesitate. You can email me at sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at journeyforjasmine.com, or you can reach out to me on my Facebook or my Instagram at journeyforjasmine and send me a message. By talking about our experiences and how vastly different our loss experiences are, I hope to help others who haven't been through it understand. Understand that they shouldn't make the insensitive comments they make. Understand that it doesn't matter what gestation we were, that these are still and will always be our babies. And understand that the grief happens no matter how far along we were, and that we should be allowed to grieve our losses in whatever ways we find beneficial. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and remember, we are all in this together.